it's very fashionable right now to talk about, you know, building a city in the cloud or network states or this or that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, come to fucking Urbit and let's fucking go, baby. Let's do it. Let's act. Let's actually <laughs> let's actually do it. Let's not stop. Let's quit talking about it. All right. What's going on, everybody? This is the Other Life Podcast. I am Justin Murphy. I am here today with James Geary from Zora. He's an engineer at the NFT platform Zora and also uh, sick of Pilnup. Uh, but I don't think I have it in me to, 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 to use those words uh, ver- verbally with my own speech, uh, also known as Kenny, uh, Kenny Rowe. So, um, yeah, uh, we are going to talk today about an interesting idea that James floated on Twitter, basically. A, a couple days ago, James tweeted, I have the tweet right here, he tweeted, he said, if you understand what party bid on an Urbit Galaxy means and you would want to be a part of that, please hit me up. And it, I, it's not like it went mega viral or anything, but it, there were a, a healthy number of people who were really into it. And uh, I noticed that a lot of them are not necessarily urban people. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty interesting. There's like some energy here. And I thought the idea was really cool myself. Um, as people who listen to the podcast know, I've been, you know, doing my own experiments in this, in this area. It's something I'm very interested in generally. So I thought, Hey, actually, you know, I said to James, I was like, uh, and I know a lot of Urbit Galaxy brains, and it's something that uh, you know people in my audience are interested in. So I was like, "Why don't you come on the podcast? Let's hash this out. Let's actually brainstorm it and, and talk about it. And I'll connect you with with uh, some Urbit people in the Urbit community, and let's see let's see what comes of the discussion." So that's pretty much the concept for today's uh, live stream and podcast. So um, without too much further ado, let's maybe learn a little bit about uh, the guys I've gathered here today. So, uh, James, I don't know much about you other than the fact I know you're an engineer at Zora, but if you would start by just giving us uh, a little bit of some background into like, how did you get first get into crypto? What's your, what's your history and trajectory there? And then leading up to kind of how you got into Urbit or how you see Urbit. Totally. Yeah. Um, and hey everyone. So, you know, at the end of 2016, I had just signed an offer to be a software engineer after I graduated. Uh, and I was going to work at a company with a web app. And I started to realize that I was not super excited about that prospect uh, after the euphoria had subsided. And I started to research other things going on in tech that excited me. Uh, and that's when I came across Ethereum. And then, um, yeah, I, I was just super into Ethereum, the whole like 2017 um, up and down. And uh, I took the first job in crypto I possibly could. And I worked at a small uh, project out of consensus in 2018. And then uh, shortly after that, moved to a company called Numerai uh, in San Francisco, which is a crowdfunded data science competition that uses crypto staking incentives. Uh, and so for at both like Consensus and Numerai, and even now at Zora, I, I'm basically, I'm writing like traditional backend code, uh, but it, it interfaces with smart contracts. Um, you know, we like basically I'm the one that's building the server that watches the blockchain and like knows what's happening. Uh, I've also done front end as well. So I understand, you know, a, a lot of what we uh, do involves IPFS, which is a distributed storage solution. And we try to rely on those things as much as possible. But as I was saying earlier, um, there's this compromise, which is like the core business logic needs to live on a smart contract to say that you're doing something with Web3. Or I mean, basically, the user needs to be able to log in with a crypto wallet, not a username and password. That's kind of like, like the minimum requirement to call something web three. And, you know, ideally, yes, you have something in a smart contract. Ideally it's an asset so that it can be priced and traded because that is what generates a lot of uh, excitement in the space. 
Um, but then people make a lot of trade-offs uh, to be able to ship a good product. And it's still pretty hard today to build you know, a good product with a good experience that doesn't end up relying on you know, private cloud and uh, running a server that has privileged information uh, to some extent. So uh, as I was working at Numerai in San Francisco, I started going to Urbit meetups. I, I think a friend of mine just mentioned it to me one day. Um, so I would just you know, go and meet people and learn about Urbit. And I started to feel like Urbit is basically the, like it's going after like the real promise of Web3, like man making absolutely zero compromises. Um, and so I have this thesis basically that, you know, there's like, there's, there's, the, there's the Web3 world that calls itself Web3. And this is where I am right now. And uh, it's full of people who are super excited about NFTs and tokens and all sorts of things that you can do um, with a crypto wallet rather than with a username and password. Um, but then there's Urbit, which is like, we, you know, just absolutely zero compromises, um, no client server at all, uh, just sort of from the, from the ground up. Um, and so I have this thesis that web three people need Urbit really badly and they don't know it. Uh, and if we could bring those people over to Urbit and, uh, and give them a good reason to come over, um, you know, we might see something really interesting happen on Urbit and we also might see, some of these projects really flourish. Um, for example, I gave the example earlier, uh, Friends with Benefits is a really cool project. It's a it's a community where you need to own some token to be a part of it. Um, and they, they kind of run things a bit like a DAO, uh, but it all really runs on Discord right now. And to me, that's just tough. Uh, and I, I, I would really love to see those projects using uh, like decentralized compute that they actually own. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the main motivation. And then the, th the thought process that led me towards, okay, well, let's crowdfund a galaxy is, um, you know, what is going, the, the thought process is what's going to excite Web3 people today about Urbit? And the truth is it's, it's going to be owning a token that could possibly be valuable. It's like a really like quick way to, um, to bootstrap interest in something new is like, oh, well, there's a token. So, you know, maybe you can, maybe at the bare minimum, you're interested in just upside. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously there's a lot of spam uh, that tries to tries to capitalize on that, but, you know, um, it, it is what it is. So, and as I know, like Urbit IDs are NFTs. And uh, as I think actually many people, even people aware of Urbit don't know, uh, galaxies are governance tokens. They're NFTs, but it's one galaxy, one vote. In, in the realm of voting, it is a fungible token. Uh, and I, I think many people don't know this. And I think that it wouldn't be too hard to kind of wrap that system and actually fractionalize it. And it wouldn't be too hard to, uh, to make kind of a new governance layer on top of Urbit. And I'm pretty confident that if we could do that, uh, and if we gave a lot more people an opportunity to feel like they, they own a piece of Urbit and they're invested in its success, um, I think that alone would, would spark a, a lot of, um, a lot of interest in actually really migrating over. Cause I, I know Justin, like you're, uh, you use this phrase like exit. Uh, like I, I think a lot of us want to see people leave Twitter, like actually. Um, and I, it's, it's tough. Like I like Twitter. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I think I'll stop there. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's perfect. Thanks for that, James.
Kenny, maybe I, we should hear from you a little bit about just, you know, what are you picking up there? Um, people might already know a little bit about Kenny because he's been on the podcast before. So, Kenny, maybe you don't have to recapitulate your whole history. Or how about I'll, I'll do it for you real quick. So, Kenny, Kenny is a kind of OG uh, Urbit devotee. And uh, Kenny, Kenny's been kind of floating around the, my community for, for a while. And, and Kenny's taught me a lot about what, what I know uh, when it comes to, you know, crypto and, and Urbit. Um, so Kenny was active in like MakerDAO and he's, he's been very active in, in many projects and he's also, uh, a member, I believe one of the, the founding members of, uh, the Dalton collective, which is basically uh, a kind of DAO on, on Urbit. And so Kenny's been thinking about these things for a very long time. So let's just get into the thick of it then, Kenny. Uh, what, what are you hearing, uh, w when you listen to James, uh, talk about how he sees it? Oh, actually a lot of inevitability. Like I've, I've been, like you said, Justin, I've been in around sort of this urban space since, well, I think I first booted, uh, the first thing I, I ever booted was probably a, a comet and it was just sort of, sort of see how this thing worked. And back then there was no landscape. Everything was command line only. There was only one chat room and it would often sort of just get wiped away with the next release. So there was very little continuity to Urbit, but eventually you started to get to know people's, um, the little names that they've got, sort of these human readable names. And I played around for a while and then sort of like, okay, well, I'm going to come back to this later. And then you know, eventually um, kind of basically made it my full-time thing in 2019 is when I really jumped within two two feet into this kind of the Web3 space and, and urban. Um, but there's always been this my passion for sort of these new organizational structures that I've been part of since, you know, since my first days in Bitcoin in like 2012 and 2013 was that these technologies are allowing things that were never possible before. And I think there's some odd baggage that's come along with us for the ride, meaning like the words decentralized autonomous organization. A lot of the things that you could point to as quote DAOs are neither decentralized, very autonomous, or that organized. So it's, it's but there's something there. There's something there. And I truly think that if these groups knew what kind of... Um, you know, possibility there is on running your own computer, running the things that you do with your own computers in a network that you can talk to peer to peer, and and the, and just the how limitless that possibility is from interacting with these blockchains already to hosting traditional Web two applications because Urbit is just a server, it's just a computer, right? It really is is going to be a game changer w when it sort of catches on. I really do think that. Um, but these, this way of governing, these way of putting things together is just as applicable in sort of the urbit space as it sort of is on the Discord server right now, right? So the Dalton Collective is, uh, normally people would call the Dalton Collective a DAO. It, we don't call it that because we're just more interested in sort of being honest about what it is that we're doing, right? We're not, we're not decentralized, but we are distributed, which most of the time in these, these groups are very distributed. So they're not specific to one uh, like geographic area. They're usually spread across the entire globe and that's by default usually and Urbit makes that possible. Okay, that's, that's great. And so the autonomy though, right? Where does that autonomy come from? The autonomy comes from owning as much of that stack as possible. And communication is key. You cannot get anything done if you cannot communicate, right? And if you own all of that, if everything is peer to peer, then that's true autonomy. Plus the you know the autonomous business logic that lives on some sort of you know blockchain, and then uh, organization is just you know that's about skill how organized and how how well can you coordinate with these sort of different mechanisms. 
So I think um, the idea, though, to, to bringing these structures to orbit makes a lot of sense. And like James mentioned, um, galaxies uh, right now in the, in the orbit network, they're sort of in charge of, for lack of a better word, property rights. Who owns what? That's what the, the, the orbit galaxies really sort of decide on or vote on, I should say. And right now it's one galaxy and one vote. And to, to my knowledge, those are all individual persons. I, I don't even actually think it's possible that there's probably some, you know, corporations or startups that own some as well, besides Talon, that is. Um, but I've always had this notion that these things should be collectively governed, like the Dalton star is. The Dalton Collective owns and operates a, an orbit star um, collectively. And I think that's why it was so cool to see uh, James's tweets like, yes, it's happening. I, I think this could really, this could really work. Uh, and it's in its time. I think it really is. Yeah. I mean, it does seem to me, uh, as someone who's not an engineer and only kind of lately very convicted in Urbit, it, it seems to me that building all of these crypto applications and crypto communities on these corny old Web2 uh, platforms is just so obviously a bad fit. It's so obviously it's gonna it's got to give. It's going to give. It makes no sense. And the power and attraction of 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 web three is like bubbling up, but it's 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 overflowing what web two can can really offer it or what web two can contain. And lo and behold, it seems to me like I think it seems to you guys, uh, Urbit is basically uh, precisely the kind of ideal system to uh, encompass and and support and 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 be the ground upon which web three grows. So what I'm thinking is for people listening or or watching who maybe have no idea what Urbit is, maybe I'll, I'll kind of back up very briefly and then I'll turn to you guys and, and we can go uh, deeper into the thick of it. But uh, for people who are maybe confused already, Urbit is essentially a, a, a different kind of internet. It's an alternative internet. As Kenny said, it's just a computer but really it's it's a network of computers so it's a it's a new kind of computer that is built from the ground up to be able to network with other computers so in the in the status quo what we call web 2 the current normal internet we have these browsers right there we can call them clients and and to access the in, the information on the on the so-called internet we almost all of us are connecting to these big massive uh, servers that are owned by big companies, you know, AWS or whatever. It's, it's very centralized. Who owns the land on the internet uh, is, is, a is a very small number of companies. We are just peasants who uh, use our little web browsers to connect to land owned by, um, you know, these, these, these megaliths. And what Urbit is, is basically it's a redesign of the computer itself and a redesign of the networking uh, architecture that computers use itself. So it's basically a complete rewrite of how computers even work uh, and network with each other. And such that in Urbit, every computer is its own server. That's kind of the key thing here. So you're not dependent on big, big, you know, land, uh, land masses that are owned by other agents, but everyone is their own little landmass and every little landmass uh, can speak with and communicate with and even share software software with and even compute with the other uh, computers that other individuals own. And so we're going to go deep now into some of the technical questions related to, um, you know, what you can do with Urbit Land and how it can be organized and the, the interesting and creative ways of crowdfunding it and, and possibly uh, 
governing it collectively as James floated in his tweet. That's the basis of this conversation. And as Kenny has been thinking about for a long time, but maybe I'll just very briefly for, for people who have no idea what Urban is, just say a few more words, just as background information that will make the rest of this make sense. So Urban has basically this kind of land metaphor, uh, specifically a kind of outer space metaphor, right? So uh, the, 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 the main unit for most individuals is the planet. Uh, the planet is basically just an individual computer. It's a personal server. Uh, and it's, it's, it's in the network in such a way that it can communicate peer to peer and interact peer to peer with with other planets. Uh, these are also called ships, and um, there's billions of, of planets, so they're not scarce. They're not they're, they're finite, and they are scarce, but but there's plenty of them. Uh, one level up, it's kind of a multi level model. One level up are stars. Uh, there there are far fewer stars. Um, but still, you know, many thousands and uh, stars spawn planets. So each each star can generate a bunch of planets. And then higher up from stars are galaxies. And there are only 256 galaxies. Galaxies spawn stars and then stars spawn planets. So it's this multi-level structure, uh, the, the architecture of the network. And so what that means is basically galaxies are are uh, really scarce because there's, there's only 256 and there only ever will be 256. So um, currently galaxies go for somewhere in the low millions if you if you want to buy one on the open market and uh you know uh unfortunately i did not uh get into bitcoin early enough to be able to afford one myself uh many of us can't uh but it the idea is it would be quite cool actually if we could use uh different types of crowdfunding and crypto technologies to actually get a whole bunch of people to go in on a galaxy and collectively together own that uh, highly scarce, highly desirable, highly powerful, um, you know, a piece of, of the network of the address space. So that's just a, a kind of like total newbies, uh, uh, background primer for, for what we're talking about. So the idea here that we're discussing is what would it look like to actually do that? What kinds of technologies would we use? What kinds of challenges would we face? Um, and you know, if there's enough interest, it seemed like from James's tweet there seems like there's a lot of interest i think there's a very good possibility that from here on we actually might try to do this so if this sounds interesting to you if you have anything to contribute um definitely uh get in touch we're going to be kind of discussing this for at least another hour or so i would think um but we have uh james actually whipped up a discord server just in the past few days specifically to talk about this and to work on this there's a link in the show notes and of course there's also uh an urbic group as well and there's a link in the show notes so um this is just the beginning. This is just a kind of discussion of, of this um, idea. And I hope that was enough for people who have no idea what they've just walked into. I hope, hope that's enough to give you uh, some background and some interest in what we're doing. So uh, let's maybe drill down a little bit more. Um, James, why don't you start by saying a little bit about your initial uh, idea for how this would be implemented technically? And then I know you wanted to, I know you've been doing some research in the past few days, how, how to, let us know if you're if you're thinking changed. What's your current thinking about um, how how you would want to proceed to do something like this? Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, as I mentioned in the in the tweet, and the very original idea was uh, let's just get a bunch of people together, buy a galaxy, and manage it together, and just sort of see what happens. Uh, and and that still is very much uh, like the core of the idea. But as I was doing research over the weekend in the past few days. And thought, and I, I, I read deeply through the uh, Urbit smart contracts. Um, it was a joy to read them. They're very well written. Shout out to whoever wrote those. Um, and so I, I'm more familiar now with the actual um, protocol and the way that the address space is managed on Ethereum. And so I've been thinking about it. And I, I think um, given that one galaxy, again, uh, galaxies are NFTs because they have 
like unique identities, but in the context of voting, um, there they are fungible. One galaxy, one vote, uh, and so you you could think of votes as actually a fungible token. Um, and so the, the the current thinking is rather than you know let's buy one galaxy and see if we can make it cool and see if we can make you know the like the the DAO token that represents ownership in that galaxy valuable. Uh, now I'm thinking about like let's build a new layer on top of Urbit governance and let's make a generalized way to fractionalize galaxies. Um, and so the output of that would be a new ERC twenty, which directly represents like in, in a way that's just sort of hard coded, just like a piece of a galaxy and really a piece of any galaxy. It's actually not it's like not specified which one it is. Um, and so. Uh, there's there, there's sort of a few mechanisms. Um, I don't want to be sort of going all over the place here. So um, so the first part is like how do you actually buy it? Um, and initially, this is definitely going to be OTC. I, I personally know the guy who knows the guy who owns the galaxy that's for sale, uh, and we're going to be coordinating heavily together over iMessage. So this is like not you know uh, we, we we don't need this to be running smoothly, fully decentralized on chain from day one. Um, but uh, I think that we do need to think about like on chain, how does it actually work? How do we let people get involved uh, so that we're not like, basically so that we can raise money, but also so that we're not, you know, being unfair or putting anyone at risk. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about that specifically. Uh, and basically I think uh, for this DAO, anybody who is an owner of a galaxy should be able to like list the galaxy for sale and set an asking price. And then I believe there should be a period of time, maybe it's capped at a duration, where people try and contribute enough, let's say it's price in ETH, contribute enough Ethereum to like hit that asking price. Um, and then let's say, I've thought through this a little bit, let's say um, you, you never meet that price. Uh, you you could give the, the Galaxy owner the option to take the, the next best price that was possible or to just cancel and bail. But let's talk about now if that works. Um, then it's pretty simple. Uh, I believe there, the, the token supply should be, of, of this new ERC-20 should be 256 times whatever. Uh, I think, you know, a huge problem here actually is just that the number 256 is too small. Like, I, I, I think Urban has designed a really elegant system, but I, I just... I think the numbers that they chose were actually maybe not ideal. Uh, they couldn't have anticipated it, but I, I don't think they're ideal uh, when it comes to right now, how many people are interested in owning crypto and being a part of something. So I think 256 is just too small. Uh, so let's say one galaxy is 10,000 tokens and you have, uh, or, or 1,000 tokens, uh, let's say. And so there's going to be 256,000 tokens uh, that are possible to mint. And really, for every one that we buy, uh, that just mints another 1,000 and distributes them uh, accordingly to the people that contributed ETH to buy it. So that's kind of like the main thing that we need to figure out. And I, uh, as much as I'd like to just buy a galaxy with some friends with a multi-sig, uh, I, I, I think we really should figure that out uh, before we go further, um, because I, I, I want this to... Again, the goal here is for people to, to be able to own a small piece of a galaxy. Yeah, so I think the the general pattern here is to wrap the ERC the seven twenty one. That's the the ERC standard for um, 
non-fungible tokens with something that's more, uh, you know, user-friendly and easily, more easily distributed, plus just has other optionality part as, as a component of it. I think that's the, probably the right way to go. Okay, so if the, if that is the right way, what would it sort of look like technically? So there's a there's some things that are different about Urbit address space in terms of the the tokens themselves, based like and they're not just art, right? Where the this they've got the standard, which is like transfer and you know those kinds of functions, but they've also got a whole set of other functions that they call, which is like voting or spawning new address space, all this other kind of stuff, which needs to be supported. In whatever wrapper is decided upon. Now, uh, there are these do exist, right? So there's currently a project right now to sort of wrap um, stars mostly because these are the these stars are the ones that are most sort of widely distributed in terms of they're not just the personal identities, but they're more like you know if you want to do something interesting with Urbit besides just whatever you personally want to do, usually stars are the way to go. And then galaxies have always been sort of. A little bit further off, but but now you know potentially they're getting closer. So things like setting a management proxy, which is important because the manager of the the point itself has a responsibility to keep the galaxy up and running and forwarding um, packets for the for its dependents. And maybe maybe just to clarify what that means when we're talking about this hierarchy, these galaxies, stars, and planets. This is this is the networking layer. This doesn't have anything to do with what your ship can do or what you can do with it. There, there's almost no. Um, the only thing that these things do is help with peer discovery, and that's important because if you don't have professional class peer discovery, you you have a problem, which is sort of like um, another network similar to to Urbit is, is a network called Secure Scuttlebutt, right? And Secure Scuttlebutt will kind of they've got this propagation mechanism that will push messages throughout the uh, the network but you have to know where to connect and that net that node if it's not online you need to find some other node so basically you've just got these like you know these my these these uh monolithic servers that are keeping track of things for you right and if they ever go offline then you're kind of screwed or if you don't know how to handle it you could get sort of balkanized or even you know you can't talk to anybody that's why we've got a sort of professional um citizens doing this routing for us. So stars will route for their planets, meaning if I don't know your IP address and the, the star that we both are connected to does, then they send the first connection for us and then we do everything peer to peer. And the same with the galaxies. The galaxies can also be thought of as like DNS root nodes in the, in the kind of the existing internet system, right? And there's actually not that many of these things and it works pretty well, right? Um, so this is, it's this this it's uh, kind of almost like a instead of a pyramid shaped hierarchy it's actually it goes lower it's like plumbing right but like i said earlier the, the galaxies have this one additional responsibility which is property rights which is of all of these types of different things how do we how do we know who owns what when those change hands like all that kind of stuff that that is managed by this group and um it, it, you could also think about it in terms of maybe a few other different ways uh, because the names are shorter. When we talk about address space on Urbit, like the names get bigger and bigger as the uh, and harder to say, sort of like bigger numbers. But the galaxies, they're very small, right? They're like three letters. So they're easy to remember. So in that way, they can be, they're useful for potentially business applications because 
like like premium domains are, right? So there's possible business things that could be done with these outside of the, the, the routing, but they need to be, when they are wrapped, those functions need to be supported. And likely the ERC20s that it, they spit out will have some way of um, controlling that functionality, meaning either by, by voting or some other mechanism in that way. So Kenny, you had alluded before to there being existing tools that can handle this. Mm -hmm. Do you want to maybe speak more to that? Unless James, unless you already know all this, in which case you can stop me. No, this would be very helpful. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So existing tools and it, let's call these DAO frameworks of which there are many, but maybe I'll just speak upon the ones that I'm the most familiar with. But James, you already mentioned one, which is the, you know, the most simple thing you can do, which is a multi-signature smart contract. In this case, uh, Probably Gnosis Safe is the most well-known one. This is literally how the Dalton Collective does it, right? It's nothing fancy, but what we did was we basically pushed the bytes from, because there's no interface as well right now. There will be soon, but we pushed the bytes to the Atmos smart contracts, which is actually those property rights that we talked about and those additional functions. We pushed some bytes through that, and now we own it together, which is like a you know a three of, I think it's a four of seven or three of three of seven multi-sig and any one of the, any three of those members can do anything that, that the star can do. Spawn planets, change ownership, all of that kind of thing. Uh, that would be the easiest way to do it. Now, all the way at something at the other end might be something called like a, a, a Moloch smart contract where you see these often, uh, the meta cartel sort of, uh, they, they give out grants and then they have another branch called meta cartel ventures. And this is what they use to, to manage their, um, their holdings. So these holdings, this, this portfolio of either tokens and sometimes even equities um, are owned by a, a group of people, usually less than 100 or so. And it's primarily done through some sort of voting system. Now, uh, these, these are great for managing ERC-20 tokens. They're not really good for uh, 721s, right? But they do have some functionality. Um, they, they have these sort of like, almost like multi-sig sort of modules called minions that can do sort of arbitrary function calls. So you would put the, um, you would put the galaxy in this minion, and then you could use the shares in the DAO to vote and, and exercise that. The problem being is that these multi-sigs or these, uh, Moloch contracts have what's called a rage quit function or a guild kick function, which is basically anybody can leave at any time and take their proportional share with them but those minions are outside of that scope. So you would never, it's, it would be kind of like a one-way trip. It won't be more like a trust as opposed to like a, a, a kind of a DAO, right? So there are, and that's the kind of the, the issue with a lot of smart contracting platforms is they're kind of feature and specifically built for some sort of thing. And, and uh, ERC 20 or 721s are not really um, well supported in this sort of ecosystem. So it's also possible that, um, you know, creating a wrapper for this and then using those ERC twenties and then putting those into some existing smart contract platform might also work as well. That's really helpful. Um, so I totally agree. And this is the conclusion I came to over the weekend, which is that like whatever en entity owns a galaxy, they'll need to be able to do absolutely everything that a galaxy owner can do. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, there's a lot more than voting, um, and on chain, there's like four different pro basically proxies that you can set or change, or you know, there's a number of things you can do on chain uh, as the owner of a urbit point. And it would be 
you know, tragic if we all got together to buy a galaxy and then like, God forbid, like didn't even have the ability to transfer it out, let alone do any of the things that we needed to do to manage it. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this would need to be in addition, like there's sort of three components. There's the mechanism for actually being able to buy the, you know, individual galaxies at any time as they, as they become available. And then there's, um, you know, there needs to be like a wrapper around the Urbit contracts so that the holders of the ERC-20 can actually sort of do things together, um, you know, with some quorum or whatever to actually like execute the various like Urbit smart contract functions. And then finally, I think that this should also be a DAO sort of within itself. So I think the DAO should maintain a treasury, probably build it up through these sales, um, and I think the DAO should be able to, you know, vote on arbitrary proposals, um, and you know, should be funding cool things and um, generally like trying to add to the value of the sort of land that they own. Um, yeah. And there's also one small distinction between galaxies. So there are galaxies that are full of stars, or even some like some number of them, not all of them, but some. And then there are some that are completely what we call naked galaxies, right? So the only thing they do is is vote and or whatever you might use the the like the actual galaxy itself for and likely would have very, very different prices, right? So something that is has no no stars would be much more affordable than one that does. But if you had a galaxy that had a bunch of stars, the Dow could sell those for revenue. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think we for their fund. Yeah, we de we definitely want those stars, right? We definitely want those stars. We want to, yeah, we want to build out it. We want to build out yeah, a whole, if a you whole can. kingdom, right? We don't want yeah. we don't want one of these naked galaxies. What fun is that? Because well, right, well, but no, seriously. So the for people again <laughs> who maybe have no yeah. idea what we're talking about, you know, the, being able to spawn stars and then planets from those stars is 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 basically unfolding the the, the space. It's unfolding the network and um, having a kind of. Uh, collectively governed galaxy that actually runs stars and and planets underneath the stars is way cooler. That's just right. I mean, of course, that's what we want, right? Well, actually, I would say so. Yeah, I agree that we obviously do want stars to be like uh, associated with these galaxies. But uh, there's two benefits of getting a naked galaxy. One is that, like you said, Kenny, it's cheaper. So, um, like, I have a you know, I have this like OTC naked galaxy lined up and it's just much cheaper. It'll be easier to crowdfund. Um, and then, you know, we also have people, I, I got a lot of interest um, from people who have stars and are willing to like contribute and actually sort of migrate their stars over to uh, a naked galaxy. So there, there are like workarounds to that. And I actually think that um, the, the last point is that given that the all the galaxy can do is vote, I actually think that's kind of a better place to start here because the like minimum, like I would say like the minimum functionality for this would be an ERC-20 that's capable of voting in urbit governance uh, proposals and then capable of like, you know, basically unwrapping and sending the galaxy elsewhere if it needs to. That, that would be like very like minimum functionality. So uh, given that, I actually think there's a couple reasons that, you know, we should consider a naked galaxy the goal here is to buy every galaxy like so uh it doesn't really matter long term but um but yeah i mean i, I think we we could think about a naked one to start mainly for price uh or or, or oh, somewhere wait, so, along the road 
Okay, that's interesting what you just said. That was not obvious to me at all that the goal is to buy every Galaxy. Because, okay, so what you're thinking is basically you, you want to increase the the number of Galaxy level owners, basically, is what you're saying. Um, yes. Change, effectively changing the number of, of top level owners from 256 to something much larger. Interesting. Okay, that's a little bit more ambitious. I didn't, I didn't realize that's actually what you were thinking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is something that I came to over the weekend, which is that like I would want to. The first thought was like, you know, if a new galaxy comes in somehow, it should be the same token, right? Uh, and then that sort of got me thinking, how would that work? Um, and then I realized, you know, why not just build a generalized wrapper around galaxies um, that just like fractionalizes the voting power? Um, so I mean, I, I don't know why we. I don't have like some like domination ambition where I need to like own every urban galaxy, but I would, I would want this to support that so that it literally could just be a, a new wrapper on urban governance um, that just enables more people to take part in it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And by the way, folks, we have a few other Urbit folks um, hiding in the wings who at the end of this conversation, I will uh, invite a couple of them to, to join us and maybe uh, throw in a question or throw in some input. Um, so uh, for the few people in the, in the private, in the private uh, waiting room, just ha- hang tight. You'll have an opportunity to come up. Um, okay. So what kind of challenges and difficulties is this going to encounter? Like what, what, what are the big what are the big roadblocks? Are there, or is this fairly like how straightforward is this? Uh, well, there's already generalized um, wrappers. So the the wrappers that I've that I've seen are fairly simple. They don't have um, the other sort of functions that you would need to add, but they do have interfaces to Azimuth already. So like the transfer function, for example. So adding those in would be one one thing they and typically they're right or the ones that I've seen, they support stars, but that's just changing the type, right? From one type to another. Um and then what James said, you can either go after that, I mean basically it's already there. You have two options when it comes to tokens um that, that spit out of this. You can have one generalized wrapper token, which like James said, could continually to ingest more galaxies, and then um increase the supply of that ERC 20, but always the same one. And then you could have like a certain number can redeem it so that if you ever wanted to sell one, you just get a number of these tokens and you could redeem it. Right. Or the other way you could do this, if you didn't want to just have one wrapper that was generalized, you can just redeploy it it separately. And then all the, the ERC 20s that would be spit out would be specific to that particular galaxy. And you could even write it in the smart contract that is only good for one gal. You'd know the name ahead of time, right? And that's something you would you could just specify only this galaxy. And once you wrap it, then it's sort of like this hermetically sealed thing, and unlikely to ever change because if you need everybody's one hundred percent vote to to um, to sell it or to move it, that's unlikely to happen, though possible. But you probably wanted to be thinking about this as something almost like a trust, right? Once it goes in, it probably is going to stay there. Hmm. So what are the tokenomics involved here? Like what is the, I, guess, I mean, I guess like it, it, is it a fairly straightforward value proposition? It's just like people will want to own the token for the same reason people want to own Urban address space because it's scarce and because the value is, is expected to rise over time. Or um, how, how, how kind of tricky are, are we looking to get on that front? I'm just curious what you guys are thinking. Yeah, so I mean, so my, my thinking is like, I've seen, like, I know what works in the, like, Ethereum world uh, generally. And, like, you know, NFTs are doing really well right now for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
there aren't enough Galaxy NFTs. Like they're all spoken for. Uh, and I know there are tons of people who are kind of on the sidelines. They don't even know much about Urbit, but they know that a lot of people like it and a lot of smart people are working on it. And that's kind of enough for them to say, I believe in this project. I think there's something here. Uh, like, let me know how I can do like a little thing to then kind of be involved. And I, I really do think that um, that is kind of one of the purposes of governance tokens is letting people just get a little bit of upside in the project. Um, and usually that's the start of those people, of you know, some of those people becoming more involved, learning more and, and providing more value, more value to the organization or to the protocol or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I really think I would want to keep it simple and say, like, again, it's, you know, 1000 tokens are minted per galaxy and, uh, you're just owning a piece of the galaxy and specifically the, the voting power. And the other thing you could think about more long-term, but these things potentially could have cash flow, right? They could be businesses. And so at that point, if the people who own it are running it, then, you know, then there'd be probably some revenue share at some point. Right. Okay. And so... How does this look as a as a public facing project? Like, what is the message to people who want to get involved? What is the the the, the next step, especially when it comes to just the finances? Because there's all these thorny challenges when it comes to you know this is this cannot be an unregistered security. Something Kenny and I have talked about before. Um, you know, uh, but how James? What are you thinking about when it comes to like? Is this just a matter of basically selling the ERC twenty token? Or are you thinking about something else? Yeah, well, that's kind of where the the word party bid came into play. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the call, I work at a company called Zora. Zora collaborates a lot with this group called PartyDAO. PartyDAO builds uh, this platform that allows people to buy super expensive NFTs basically together and fractionalize them into an ERC-20. So that sort of was the original idea I actually I, it's definitely confirmed that like we could not use those smart contracts today to um to buy on every galaxy would be a bad idea but um when i first saw like a party bid happening i was sort of just like why are people doing this um and i've seen it happen enough now where i just sort of understand that like people want to be able to just sort of be a part of something and then own a piece of something going forward uh so there's just this like kind of inherent like almost bragging rights or pride that people get where it's like, I, I made, I put my 0.1 ETH into this crypto, this alien crypto punk or whatever, or a zombie actually is what happened. Um, and, you know, I, I got my ETH in before the thing was closed and now I own a piece of this token and like, we did it. We beat, we beat the whale who wanted to buy this crypto punk. Um, right. And so I think the, the same thing kind of applies here. It's like um, all these People, you know, not not many, not many people own these galaxies, and people don't really know who they are. Um, and I think it would just be exciting for people to be able to be like, oh well, now now a hundred people own a galaxy, and we want to buy another one. Yeah, totally, it's badass. So if we can't use Party DAO, then I mean, I know Kenny before was mentioning uh, maybe Moloch DAO, or what 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 do we think would be the best um, infrastructure for actually? launching a public facing, um, you know, uh, ramp for people to join this. Yeah. Well, like James said, start with the acquiring the thing. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be fully decentralized at the beginning. It can just be, you know, a, a multi-sig and then find that wrapper 
make sure it doesn't have, you know, some silly little exploit in it, if you can. And then, yeah, pro- progressively decentralize from there. Wait, but Kenny, isn't the, isn't the whole idea we, we, that we don't have uh, a few million lying around? No, we certainly don't. Um, but, you know, I, if, it, if it's one of these naked galaxies, then, like I said, I don't think if, we're not talking about millions here. Okay, so for that, so okay, so what you're saying basically get uh, a private group of people together to to buy a naked galaxy with a multisig and take it from there. That that would or, be, or at least I mean that would be just my hypothetical. I don't really know, <laughs> right? Right. And and to, to the to the regulations and in those sorts of things, I think it's important that uh, you know our conversation it, it is hypothetical. Like this is something that's interesting, but when it gets more real, well, then that's when maybe potentially. Um, legal wrappers come come into play and this is like something like the lao which is like a, a le- it has a legal llc wrapper around the dao um which can help provide limited liability if if such a thing were, were necessary you know but some people don't think that is but it's it sort of remains to be seen what the best way forward is once there's actually uh, enough interest um but there's just other things to be con- considered about when it comes to you know making these sort of big financial decisions with groups. Right on, right on. And and James, in your research, did you come across any other uh, ways of doing it that you're interested in or wanted to discuss? Yeah, so I mean, I, I really just started specking out my own <clears throat> smart contract and how I think it should work. Uh, and I probably should have spent more time like, this is a good idea, you know, what, what DAO frameworks exist today, uh, what will help us. This is something that I would love help researching. Um, but I really started going down this rabbit hole of like, what would this like custom DAO look like? Uh, and so I, I like, you know, writing pseudocode for all these different functions. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, the, the way I, I'm imagining it now, it is pretty customized. I'm not familiar with like, I, I'm sure we'd use modules for things like voting and quorum and setting all those rules. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are many helpful modules from folks like compound and maker, et cetera. Um, but I think this is a new thing at the same time um, because we're setting it up, you know, so that people can buy this one kind of NFT. uh, And then we need to make sure that those, those, those ERC, that ERC 20 can actually be used to vote in all the, to take part in all the things that the NFT could take part in natively. Um, So, yeah, I, I have like this long doc that I've been writing up. I'm excited to share it with people in the discord later this week. Uh, for how I think it should work. And I, I think we should basically just cut away at it and say, okay, what can we, what can we just, re- how can we replace this with something that already exists? Or uh, how could we just, how could we do this later and just sort of do the core thing now? Um, but, but yeah, the way I'm thinking of it now is that I would want a multi-sig. I, I would want sort of like a dial smart contract and a multi-sig that has initially some privileged control over sort of what goes down in the beginning and is capable of sort of removing itself from that control um, at some later point in time. So I would want a multi-sig to help me like um, sort of make some key decisions in the very beginning and potentially like reverse something that everyone can agree was like a mistake or something like that. Uh, but then I would want everything to be, to move towards like a ERC 20 vote over time. Or also delegates are really helpful here. Like, it's much more efficient to, for a DAO to elect somebody as a delegate to then 
you know, make decisions rather than like, let's vote on everything. Right on, right on. So I think uh, shortly we should bring on stage a few of the Urbit people hiding in the wings who want to uh, contribute some thoughts. Uh, but we still have plenty of time uh, before we do that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, Kenny or James, was was there anything that I didn't ask you about that was kind of top of mind or anything you wanted to ask each other that you, th- that, that you think is particular, particularly relevant or interesting? Um, other than just sort of like the, I, I think when I think about ships as businesses, my my sort of immediate rate, sort of well, we're gonna have to payments are gonna be really important, right? Interfaces are gonna be important. Software distribution will probably be pretty important. Like there's a lot of things that that sort of come to mind when it's when I think about this sort of frontier internet that you know a few brave souls are sort of pioneering at this point, but there's not a whole lot out there. So I think one of the real key points of this particular group and groups like Dalton, for example is having multiple people together to be thinking about what's going to make this better and ways to actually make it better, which is like, you know, resources, right? How, how do we make this the way we want it to be as much as we want it to be anything, right? So I guess in these ways, you can even think about this, this project specifically is almost like being the founding of a small town, right? So we have a little plot of land. We've got a nice little burbling stream running through Main Street, what do we want this place to be? Where do we want to put the park? Where do we want to put the library? All that kind of stuff is kind of the way my mind is thinking when I'm thinking about um, this sort of group. So if that's something that appeals, you know, to whoever's watching, you know, come find us. Hell yeah! There's a link in the there's a link to the Discord. Uh, come chat with us, even if you don't know how to mess with Urbit or don't even know what it is, but you're interested in this. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Just come say hi. And uh, yeah, Kenny, that's 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 what I'm trying to talk about. I want to I want to have a little city, a little. A country a little little city state in the sky that's that's where that's where i get really excited and that's exactly how i see this too you know people out people like balaji and whoever out there it's very fashionable right now to talk about you know building a city in the cloud or network states or this or that you know it's like yeah well come to fucking urban and let's fucking go baby let's do it. let's act let's actually <laughs> let's actually do it let's not stop let's quit talking about it um all right awesome so we have um a question here from or a comment here from uh uh, Wickrum Wickrun. Uh, so I'm going to bring him up to for him to tell us about it himself. He he has a comment about uh, the the risk of of degrading Urbit's overall functioning. Let's let's hear from our friend Wickrum, aka looks like Jack. Hey Jack, what's going on? Uh, welcome. Maybe start if you would by give, giving us a quick little introduction if you want, or a little bit about your background briefly, and then uh, tell us whatever you wanted to share. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've uh, been into Bitcoin for like, oh, well, crypto for 10 years, basically, and uh, did make it out uh, to the canoe. And uh, well, I'm into Urbit at the moment. And I, uh, so one thing that I kind of like about Urbit is its uh, governance structure, which is like very human as opposed to like systematic. And uh, I think that like, even though the constitution at the moment it's 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 very um like um m- minimal uh i still think that it's uh, like tiered model and actual councils uh having one always one one vote each is like fairly sophisticated compared to just regular token voting which is like normally what's used in these DAOs. And I'm asking, like, if we want to acquire all the galaxies, would like, are we afraid of accidentally degrading how the Senate is governed or not? And like, 
or like do we have to evolve with the rest of crypto space with the com when it comes to governance or yeah what's the what's the or maybe it's, it's not a problem what do you think yeah i, I think it's a great question um I, my my like initial answer is really that like i really just want to acquire this first galaxy and and see if we can kind of lay the groundwork based on how that experience goes uh before we do anything else and i think at that point you know, owning one two fifty sixth of the orbit governance power, there's not much potential for, I think, like, you know, disruption to the community or the way things work. Um, and then another thing too is like, I would really, I mean, we would need to like, if we're talking about this vision of owning every galaxy, obviously we'll need to like really know the galaxy owners uh, and actually interface with them and actually provide value to them because not every obviously not every galaxy owner would ever want to sell. Um, so what I would really want it to feel like is that an, a galaxy owner is like coming on board, uh, and actually taking part in what we're doing and, and, and is not losing anything in the process. So, um, you know, I would love to have a mechanism for someone to just basically like bring their galaxy mint tokens. It's kind of locked up. Um, but anyways, regardless, I, I think we, you know, this is going to take a while. Uh, and I think we will move slow enough to be able to figure out, uh, kind of what works and what doesn't before we have like accidentally you know half of the orbit governance power james james i love how before you're like i have no interest in domination but also by the way anything short of 256 galaxies not interested <laughs> right well i mean it's at, the, at that point that just means like that everybody who cares about orbit and orbit governance is a part of this thing that's really what it means you know I mean Actually, maybe we could pause on that real quick, and then I want to hear from Kenny if Kenny has any observations on on risks to de to degrading the network um, functioning. But I'm I'm still maybe not quite parsing this. Like I I don't I don't see what would be so bad if if we only collectively controlled one galaxy. That still seems perfectly cool and and, and interesting to me. I, so maybe I don't see why you you are so um, concerned about getting all right. two fifty six. Yeah. So it's not it's not a strict requirement. Obviously, we can say it's basically impossible. Um, but the idea is that like, I want to make a new governance token for Urbit and I want that to be a reason that a lot of these web three people in the world that I'm in, uh, finally say, okay, let me get some and see oh, like, okay. what's going on here. Wait, um, so, and in order, oh, sorry, so yeah. just to finish my, um, so in order to do that, like if we, if our goal is strictly to buy one galaxy, then, uh, that is limiting ourselves to one, two fifty six of the Urbit governance power. And it, it limits our ability to say this is a governance token that actually relates to Urbit. Um, and so instead, I think I think it needs to be infinitely extensible to um, sort of encompassing all Urbit governance power. Because okay. I, mm -hmm. I, I actually do believe in governance tokens' ability to get people excited about something. Gotcha, gotcha. So are you kind of alluding a little bit to um, some of the interesting kind of ideological differences perhaps that circulate with, you know, people in the, are you kind of suggesting that people in the, in the ETH community are going to be more jazzed up by the possibility of fundamentally kind of changing and, and kind of distributing, uh, this, this 256 unit, uh, governance structure. Is that the idea? And anything short of that is like just less, it's less exciting. It's, it's less, it's less, um, interesting and attractive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to answer that, but I, I, I do think that, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a huge cultural difference. Like, I think, you know, if you look at the people that are interested in this already and have actually 
signed up for the Discord. Like there's a lot of Urbit usernames uh, in the Discord. Um, but I, I think it's about like having a long tail of people that just want a little piece of something uh, and to sort of be along for the ride. Like if you, like Urbit doesn't have that as far as governance goes. And it's is such an inherently valuable project and I know it. Um, and if they open themselves up to having that long tail, like I, I think it would really materially change things for um, uh, for for the community and for the, the way that it works. And even if like, you know, a lot of people like to, by the way, a lot of people like to buy governance tokens and never vote um, or they, they delegate their votes and never touch it. Um, and a lot of people don't even know what votes are going on at any given time. So it, it's kind of irrational. I'm, I'm, I think I'm trying to appeal to like an irrational uh, thing that people are clearly excited about doing. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Kenny, did you want to talk about any of that or, uh, do you have any th thoughts or comments on Jack's larger question around, uh, governance degradation through something like this? Yeah, I think, I think actually to, to Jack's point, the, the, the constitution or we call it the galactic Senate as well. Right. It's, I think it's robust enough that it can accommodate a structure like this. And remember, the, the Senate is the ultimate sort of like arbiter of who owns what. And so if some weird thing were to happen where, you know, one galaxy, not even this group, but like some other rogue galaxy were to come in and start making trouble to the point where, you know, the, if the other galaxies agreed that this person isn't actually going to own any of the network anymore. That's that's something within their power to do, right? They're, they're the ultimate sovereign when it comes to governance itself, meaning so if there ever was a point of conflict, which, you know, I think we should be honest, organizations and networks go through maturity phases and Urbit will likely have some sort of existential governance crisis at some point. And it could very well be something like this, where there's, you know, a small group of senators who've been there from the beginning and this larger group of really enthusiastic but larger that want more of a say and more, and that's going to have to get resolved at some point. And you can see this cl clearly working out through, you know, traditional governance structures and sort of meat space. So I, I don't see that it would be all that different, but I also don't see it as a problem because it is part of a life cycle. It's part of a maturing. It will happen at some point probably. And Urbit is also bigger than just, you know, its own governance. You don't actually need, this was the design choice the founders of Urbit chose to make this network work. Yeah, they, you can fork it. You know, it's just a computer. <laughs> it's open source. Yeah, see, I, I feel like this is almost as exciting and as motivating as, you know, the, the ambition to have uh, a token that fractionalizes all of the 256. To me, I feel like it's more interesting and more exciting if there's two camps uh, that each own 128 galaxies or there's like a race. There's a race to 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 get, um, a, you know, majority control of galaxies. To me, that's going to that's going to elicit a lot of interest and uh, you know, I, I find that just kind of fascinating. It, it is pretty fascinating to think through the politics of, of how this all uh, kind of plays out. I think it'd be cool. Um, but as I've thought through this, um, I think there would be like a key turning point. Like, let's say, you know, we've acquired like 25, 26 or, uh, you know, 25 galaxies. Um, I think there would be a key turning point where we would want to focus on how do we make this organization and, and this protocol uh, valuable to existing galaxy owners? So there would be this kind of key, because again, this is just going to take a while. Um, so I would, I would want at some point, I think this would be a great problem to have. I would want the group to think about, okay, how do we make galaxy owners like us and actually prefer 
in a way to hold this ERC twenty over their galaxy. Um, so I think, you know, that 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 could be like a way to avoid some kind of one twenty eight to one twenty eight conflict. Is basically, you know, because like in the in the case of Party Bid, there's 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 been some of these kind of epic moments where like there's one ETH whale and there's a bunch of people. And at some point, the ETH whale just joins the party and then they all own it. And it's like, those, those have been really exciting moments. And I think uh, th- there, there's potential for that uh, here too. Right, right. Um, you know, something that I was just thinking about, actually, actually two quick things. One is that um, if we were to do this and actually start buying up galaxies at the time, at the point that we got to 25 or 50 galaxies, we the, the few holdouts who are individuals who own galaxies would be filthy filthy rich right and it's almost like as like the longer the 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 longer they hold out the 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 more they have to gain in a way um but but it sounds like you're more bullish on there being incentive structures that would pull them in yeah i think incentives are huge and then also i mean um you know the the longer basically the longer you wait the less likely it is in a sense that you'll be able to easily sell your galaxy so i think there actually is some yeah, there, I think you could think of it like there, there is some uh, potential loss in not selling and trying to wait and hold out and, you know, sell it for a higher price. Like uh, at a certain point, like we might just run out of the crowdfunding ability and the amount of we, we, we might start to hit like the overall market cap of urban galaxies. And, you know, maybe you just missed your chance. So I, I don't think it's necessary that it's necessarily true that uh, you would be by holding out, you'd be just making yourself rich because it's also you're making yourself less liquid. Okay, interesting. Uh, so I'm going to bring up uh, Eduardo, uh, aka Fabled Fabled Faster. Eduardo, what's going on, Eduardo? Welcome to the stream. Hi. How's How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a, a busy, busy day. Lots of uh, general design stuff, user research, interviews, that sort of thing. Just right a just well, normal day. Right on. Feel free to jump in anywhere you want to. Um, one other quick thing I wanted to throw onto the table is that um, I don't know if this is public or I hope this. I hope I'm not like leaking some private like uh, knowledge or something. But I have heard whispers of some kind of internal projects to fractionalize Urbit address space. Is that? Does anyone know anything about that? Can we talk about that? Is that top secret or am I making that up? What, what do you mean by internal? Like inside I, Urbit? Like, I don't know if it's like led by Tlon or by the Urbit Foundation or, or something. Am, am I making that up? No. Well, there is a group of Galaxy holders that were interested in this idea, not so much from the Galaxy perspective, but from the star perspective. So they went off and did their own thing. And they basically came to the point where they had something nearly finished. And at that point, you know, Talon doesn't really have a choice but to sort of, you know, look at it <laughs> and make sure there isn't any, some obvious mistakes. So in that way there, there is a project that exists. I don't have a lot of details about it other than I know it's there. Um, and that it was started by, a, you know, sort of a third party. And okay. Well, it's focused uh, on stars. I guess, uh, whoever's out there watching this or listening to this, if you know those people, you might want to send them a link to this and, uh, maybe they can get in touch with, with James or Kenny or I, um, Eduardo, did you hear anything that, you know, struck your interest or anything you wanted to add, add to, or ask about or comment on? Nothing that, uh, Kenny didn't already bring up with respect to the star, uh, fractionalization. Um, it's just a sort of like a interesting point to make that at varying levels in the system, 
um, both from sort of the personal to the more governance oriented. There's just a lot of projects on sort of, I guess one way of putting it is just really diversifying the way in which individual compute uh, sort of representations, whether it's an individual you know, personal server, a planet, or something much larger, like a galaxy that maybe uh, has a lot more to do with the sort of the, the network as it stands as a sort of large system or organism, really. Um, it's just it's just interesting to note that at sort of all these varying levels, there's sort of different projects at different scales, obviously, to uh, enact sort of a more varied landscape of, a, of a, I guess, just sort of like a a grain of material, if you will, for the way that the network feels, which is interesting. It's like, I guess like the one thing to sort of note, um, stepping back from it, is that there's always been a sort of critique levied at Urbit as being sort of like a unidirectional sort of structure or one that sort of is too strict or too rigid to succeed in any meaningful way. But you already get a sense if you are at all uh, involved in the network to whatever degree that there are a lot of... Uh, I mean, one way to put it is really there are a lot of politics at play. There are a lot of different goals, a lot of different ways of thinking about how the network can be made used, um, which is just worth noting, I guess, as a bit of a meta point. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. I actually had a, a question, I think, uh, going back to something that James had said before. James, you were saying that if there was a DAO that was buying up uh, galaxies that uh, holdouts individuals who held on to their individually owned galaxies would risk becoming illiquid in the end, like they would get screwed in the end. I think I didn't quite get that. It wasn't obvious to me. Um, why, why would, why would there be a threshold at which they would get like shut out? What would happen there? Oh, right. No, I, I just meant that like there is, you know, finite interest in, in this idea. Um, and so the longer you hold out and the more you watch other galaxy owners sell or like, kind of sell and join um the more you're putting yourself at risk that like we just kind of run out of funding and interest in buying oh, I see, I see. so like right because it, it it would it would take a lot of money to uh like market buy uh, if it were possible every urban galaxy so uh i was just saying that you're putting yourself at risk of like of just yeah it being harder and harder to actually sell and it already, I mean, it already is hard to sell. So maybe that's not a, bit, a great point, but. Okay, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground. I don't want to keep people up uh, too long, but was there anything we didn't cover or any other interesting observations, comments, thoughts, questions? Uh, I had one for Ed. So Ed, um, you've you've spoken kind of elegantly about the design of, of sort of the Galactic Senate, or, or at least the um, sort of the aesthetics that kind of surround that whole governance body do you think uh having more people involved would significantly sort of change some of those things that are sort of starting to form now or or would it even sort of what or how do you think about having more people coming in and how that might change the the dynamics of the group i mean it's a really good question it's one that i would never uh, suggest to have any sort of authority over or a take that is significantly informed to the degree that you might expect it to be um, just one thing to note, I think that had been brought up by other people in the network uh, who I think were involved earlier than not, is that one of the sort of uh, elements of uh, just the sort of limited nature of the governance structure as it is, is such that you can almost guarantee that every galaxy holder at this point is probably someone with some significant stake in the network in the sense of actually contributing work, you know, the classic sort of proof of work to the way that the system is sort of enacted or has been thus far. 
And I think one of the sort of general worries that I'm really only enunciating for the benefit of what I have heard in the past from people who have been involved for a long time is that any sort of more larger net that is cast for a set of votes, if you do have a galaxy, for example, that is um, sort of uh, driven by the the desires of a thousand people, 10,000 people, you kind of get a bit of a dilution in the people who are, well, this is, I'm, I'm, again, enunciating a fact that I have heard in the past, is that you kind of get a, dil- a dilution of uh, of sort of interest or sort of stake in actually how the network is being built, which I know is argued, you know, back and forth, even in Ethereum as it stands, uh, who are all these uh, these people who own, you know, Uni or Gitcoin or whatever, who are just sitting around not exacting their votes, or who are the va- the whales with thousands of these coins who don't do anything, um, whether they're delegating or not. There's just a lot of sort of a critique levied against sort of this tokenized or fractional nature of voting that I have zero authority or knowledge over, really, to be quite frank. Um, I just get, generally get a sense that the limited nature of Galaxy tokens really did sort of um, enunciate the fact that everyone who owns one is sort of within that Dunbar number. You know, you can almost guarantee that there's a pretty solid community of sort of governance and actors in a pool of less than 300 people. So uh, it's a point worth bringing up. I'm not saying that there's either sort of extreme that I personally support. I've always been sort of of the 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 pool of people who are interested in seeing a very a very varied um, set of uh, natures for galaxies to emerge, whether we have the tyrants who, you know, want a dictatorial status over their weird little kingdom, you know, in the corner of the, you know, the universe, or even the, uh, you know, the federation of galaxies who are all doing the sort of democratic voting thing. Um, I, I find the, the sort of more varied or patchwork network to be a lot more interesting than sort of like, you know, a, a sort of, you know, uniform body of a, uh, of governance personally but yeah totally i mean that that could become the tale that could become the tale of of the century the tale the tale of web three uh a, a division between uh the tyrannical sect and the the democratic sect and let's 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 do this <laughs> i think that's so that's so that that's so interesting because you're essentially basically trying to solve age-old eternal political theoretical questions uh through through practice basically through experimentation and through uh competition and um, I, I mean, I think it's just uh, m- almost mind-bogglingly exciting and fascinating to think that we could actually st- now we're in a place where we have the tools to actually start um, trying these experiments, like buying up galaxies and distributing ownership over of them, um, and just and just seeing what happens, seeing where it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a final reference to be made here, which for those of you in the crowd who have ever watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes, you know, it's a classic. Uh, an old, old anime, not to, not to get that into the mix, but you know, the classic sort of struggle here is that you have virtuous and, uh, and, uh, terrible people on both highly sort of distributed universalist kind of democratic, uh, spheres. And, uh, at the same time, you know, in more authoritarian circles, it's like, you know, you can have like people who really want, you know, uh, you know, a better world for the people that they govern on either side. You can have the people who want to exploit and squash people at either end of that spectrum. This is again highly simplifying it, but just goes to show that um, you know no, no matter how the sort of galactic distribution goes, uh, we'll see a really interested sort of you know tale as you said unfold regardless of how it ends up going. Yeah, I mean another interesting wrinkle here is that you could imagine a future in which you f- you fully tokenize all 256 galaxies, but then subsequently 
there's a long run equilibrium where maybe only 256 people roughly own all of the tokens, <laughs> you know, who knows. Right. Um, so there's a lot of interesting, like live wires when it comes to like how the real long-term equilibrium really shakes out. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, again, don't want to hold on, uh, the, uh, people in the crowd for far too long, but I was curious if anyone was interested in maybe me elucidating some sort of thoughts about how we were getting into sort of more, uh, you know, kind of a governance infrastructure, if you will, for the way that we're working on interfaces thus far at uh, Tuan. I, I'm happy to sort of like, I know that I wrote that in my little, hey, this is what I could talk about. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think I think I booked I booked Kenny and James for an hour and a half. And so we're, we're coming up on about six minutes left. Um, so yeah, if you want to, if, uh, in, unless anyone has to run, you could, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, Eduardo. Yeah, no, I can speed run it. So the TLDR is that we've acknowledged that our group's infrastructure, the interfaces themselves that constitute communities on uh, landscape, they've been in somewhat of a sort of a sketch-like sort of test nature in that we provided a very minimal uh, set of functionality that you would expect out of something like a Discord or a Slack. You know, it, we do acknowledge that it is minimal, in fact. The idea behind some of this sort of near-term goals for evolving the structure is that per the needs that we are seeing outlined by people who are using Discord's uh, for DAO, you know, uh, discussion or for sort of the, the, the various, you know, social needs that you would have for any sort of governance structure. The idea is to sort of take uh, into stride the fact that people are kind of cobbling together a bunch of services to get to the end goal. Whereas with something like groups, you know, we do truly want to build something that is sort of natively aligned to things like tokenized governance, to voting, to sort of collective share over any aspect of the group, whether it has anything to do with crypto or not. So the long or the short of it is that, you know, in the very near future, after we sort of get software distribution out the door as a very massive project, we really would love to see and get a lot more feedback as to how we can build something that's a lot more natively aligned with everything that we've discussed on the call today. That's all. That's all I had to sort of enunciate. Yeah, this is just an initial first discussion, really, just to get the ball rolling, to plant a little flag in the ground to say this is something that we're interested in uh, considering and analyzing and, and if possible, moving forward on. So if any of this was of any interest to you, definitely just come say hi. And I put links in the show notes to the Discord that James started specifically for this. And James also started an urban group specifically for this. So uh, like I said, links in the show notes and uh, come say hi, reach out if you have anything to add, any any skills, knowledge, ideas, um, or it's just something that you're curious about. So um, yeah, I thought this was very rewarding and, and, and fascinating, you know, first discussion, it seems like there's, uh, this could really happen. So I just want to thank James for floating this idea on Twitter and uh, for starting the discussion. And I want to thank Kenny and Eduardo and everyone else for, for coming out tonight. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You made it all the way to the very end, so you must really like the show. In that case, I would be super grateful if you'd be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is go to otherlife.co slash review. That's otherlife.co forward slash review. And it'll send you an Apple podcast. Just leave a review. You can be honest. Tell me what you really think. I'd really appreciate it because it'll help other people find the show. And I'm really trying to grow out the podcast. So thanks for listening. And thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate it.